You're listening to the sermon podcast from Meadowbrook Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming with Pastor Keith Miller. God, the needs in Cheyenne are so great. There are so many people who who need to hear the greatest news in the universe, and that is that Jesus lived the life that we could never live, a perfect life. That he died a death that we did not deserve, or that he did not deserve, that we deserved for our sins in our place. On the third day, he rose from the grave. God, so many people need to hear that news. God, I pray for Cheyenne Berean Church that you will continue to use them today, right now, as their, as their services, I, I think right now, or they have their worship service right now, that you would speak through just uh, whoever's preaching this morning, that you will prepare the hearts of that church family to receive uh, your word. If anybody is visiting uh, Cheyenne Berean Church who does not know you right now, God, that you will prepare their hearts to receive the gospel. And God, I pray the same for, for our church family, that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word. And if there's anyone in this room or watching the live stream right now who does not know you, God, that you would give them ears to hear. God, soften, soften their heart. And for the rest of us who do know you, God, I just pray that you would, again, soften our hearts. God, have your way with us through the power of your spirit as your word is proclaimed. Mold and shape your people for your glory and for the good of this city that you have called us to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if you could stand, because here, here's the other thing. We, take, we believe the Word of God is the Word of God. We believe the Bible is the Word of God, that it is authoritative, and that, it has, uh, the, the, that when you read the words from the pages of the Bible, you hear the voice of of God, the same voice that spoke the galaxies into existence. And it's just a few verses. We're going to start with uh, verse 11 in Hebrews chapter 5. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You may be seated. been a while since I had uh, milk from a bottle. Does this, does this seem weird at all? A little bit? <laughs> Some of you who may be visiting like, what, what, what church did, did I come to visit to this morning? Um, so I was, we're going through this sermon series, Christians Say the Darndest Things, and um, and so, you know, for those of you who've been here, you, you kind of, you're familiar with this series. We've been in this for, for a little while now, and, and we're coming close to the end of this series. And, and if you are visiting, I, I just want you to know that, like, these are statements that I've heard. I've been a pastor for 
it'll be 20 years I've been uh, a pastor. It was hard to believe. I was like, I'm like, wow, time has flown by so quick. And these are things that I've heard. Uh, I've heard them said before I became, before I was a pastor, you know, after I became a Christian and uh, continue to hear them said. And this is one of those things I've heard more than I can count. Uh, I've heard this, I am not being fed. I've heard somebody say that um, a gazillion, I've heard people say that gazillions of times, that that's a number, right? Um, I've heard it from, from people who've found their way into whatever church I'm, I, I'm serving as the pastor, not just at Meadowbrook, but at, you know, the other two churches I pastored uh, during my lifetime. And uh, I've, heard, I've heard people who have left, who have left the, the church I was pastoring say the same thing, I'm just not being fed pastor. And so uh, every time I hear that, I kind of think of this. You know, um, that's, that's, what I, that's what I hear. And so I, I, I was thinking uh, about just statistics and, and just the state of the church in America. That's kind of been an area of, uh, of focus and thought that I've spent some time uh, in. But uh, Pew Research Center uh, shared this statistic that 65% of adults in the United States uh, identify as Christian. Now, that doesn't mean all 65% of those are actually Christians. They just say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, maybe they're thinking culturally, mom and dad were a Christian, so therefore I'm a Christian. But 65% of adults in the United States identify as being Christian, which is down from, um, from where it used to be in 2001 when the same poll was taken, 81% of Americans identified as being, a Christian, as being Christian. So that kind of helps you understand where things are at. Um, here's some uh, other statistics that I uh, discovered, that of that 65% who identify as being Christian, 43% claim to be Protestant, that's you know, us, and the, and, but the majority of that 65% claim to be Catholic. And here's some other statistics. Of that 65% who claim to be Christian, 82% of Christians only read their Bible on Sunday while in church. 25% of Christians in America attend church on any given Sunday, which is down um, 47% since 1990. Uh, of the 25% of American Christians who attend church weekly, only 36% believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. 57% of American Christians believe that other religions can lead to eternal life. So it's just above, you know, just a little more than half of the 67% or 65% who claim to be Christian in the United States. One in four American Christians believe the Bible to be a book written by, more, by mere men and is not the word of God. And only 22% of American Christians believe the Bible was fully inspired by God through men who were divinely appointed by him. Does that surprise any of you? Um, when I, so I was just thinking, what do people mean when they say, I'm just not being fed? I'm not asking, I'm just letting you think about this for a second while I take another swig of my milk. I'm going to be coughing in the second service. I usually drink water 
going to be clearing my throat the entire second. So good that you're here um, in the first service. Uh, I think what people mean is that uh, you know, I, I don't like the way the pastor preaches. Uh, I was bored, so I, I wanted to find another church. Didn't, you know, I was bored by the pastor. I like my old pastor better. I don't like what the, what the pastor said, therefore I'm angry, I'm going to another church, because I was offended. I've had that happen a number of times um, <laughs> under my pastoral leadership. I uh, did not like the way that the pastor led. Uh, I did not like the pastor, so I found another one. Um, and I understand, and I just want you to know, like, with each of these statements, <laughs> yeah, um, go back one slide. Yeah, just go, yeah, uh, one more. Um, I did have these numbered, so, so Jason was doing exactly what I wanted him to do. But when I hear the statement, I'm not being fed, this is what I think of. And then, next slide. <laughs> these are images that pop in my brain. When you say, I'm not being fed, Pastor, this is what I'm like, I am not going to shove food down your throat. And then, uh, next one. This is the funniest one. You know, that, That's what's in my brain. Uh, stay on this slide. Don't go to the next one yet. Uh, so I understand why, um, you know, that there are certain legitimate reasons why a person may say, why a Christian may say, I'm not being fed. Like the Bible, wherever church you gather at, whether it's at Meadowbrook or some other church, um, if the Bible is not being opened and being explained and being made plain, then you probably should find another church. Uh, the, the Word of God should be centered to, you know, for all that we do. But how many of you have been a Christian longer than five years? Right, the majority of you. Longer than 10 years. Longer than 15 years. Right? So you've been, a, you've been followers of Christ for so long. And the, most, of, most of the comments, or most of the people that I've heard say, I'm just not being fed, have been Christians who have been Christians for quite some time. And when they say it, this is what I think of. This is what... This is the image that pops in my brain. Anybody know what movie this is from? I, I meant, to, yeah, Wally, I meant to, I, you know, for the sake of the live stream. Hopefully Facebook doesn't cut the video. But, um, but that's, that's what pops in my brain, just so you know. Um, that that uh, Christians in America, there, there's no reason why you should be spiritually malnourished when you have the Bible, you know, at your disposal. How many of you have a Bible in your home, right? And if you don't, just take one of the Bibles that's under your seat and take that home with you. Um, we want you to have a Bible. So here, here's the thing. God always uses his word to shape his people. You, you understand that? Like God always uses the proclamation of his word, his written word, to shape his people. I've said this uh, for as long as I can remember that I, and I really believe this still, that leadership or the, the, the vision of the church should come from the pulpit. The direction of the church should come from the pulpit. Not the songs we sing, but the content of the word of God. And, um, and in you should, as followers of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're here, you should take everything that is said on Sunday, wherever you gather regularly for church, and you should see if it measures up against the Word of God. Just don't accept it 
as being true because the pastor said it or that I said it. Um, but God always uses his word to shape his people through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. From the very beginning of creation, it was the proclamation of God's word and the power of his spirit that generated life. And he's still doing that today. There's this passage. Okay, we can go next slide now that that mental image is in your brain. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Paul wrote this to a young pastor who was pastoring in the city of Ephesus to encourage him uh, to continue being a faithful pastor. And I want us to read this together. Ready? All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so, Paul, this is why, this is why I have you stand when we read the scriptures together. And this is why we take uh, the word of God so seriously. And this is why... Um, one of the main reasons why I believe the best mode of, of opening the scriptures and explaining it is to unpack a particular passage in the Bible. It's called expository preaching. But here, here's the other thing that Paul said to Timothy. He said, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Meaning, Timothy, don't be afraid to, um, to upset people. Be more concerned about what God thinks about you and the call that he has placed on you. And so, um, so that's, that's, what we, uh, you know, that's what we aim to do here at, at Meadowbrook. And so I really struggled with what passage to just land on for this, for this sermon, for this week, there are three passages uh, that I really wrestled with. And we'll visit each of those passages. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach on each of those different passages. We'll land on Hebrews chapter 5, and we'll kind of camp there. But uh, we'll also look at 1 Peter. If you're taking notes, it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through chapter 2, verse 3. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of visit those passages in a, in, a, in a bit. But the first thing is that this, is that spiritual milk you know, is good for you. You know, like the author of Hebrews is not saying spiritual milk is bad. It's good for you. You just can't live on it. It could kind of look like this. You know, if you've been a Christian for a long time and you can't get past uh, the fundamentals of the faith, like Jesus died for your sins, that he rose from the grave, and, and, and you, you know, can't pick up this book and read it, you're still doing this. And some of you might expect this to happen, for me to call somebody up and just, you know, what, like what if there's a line in church and I was just doing this? Here you go. <laughs> Whoops. Um, like... You know, and, and just hand feeding you like like a like a baby, would that be weird, right? And and so um, Christians like like for somebody who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, like a newborn babe, you're going to need milk. You're going to need milk. That's the fundamentals of the faith. That God is holy. <laughs> that He created 
all that we see around us, that uh, there are commandments that he gave to Moses to give to his people, and uh, that, that Jesus was born to fulfill the law and the prophets, that he lived this perfect life as being 100% man and 100% God at the same time. Hard to wrap your mind around, but that's, that, that's who Jesus was and is. And died for your sins, was buried in a tomb, and on the third day rose from the grave. Spiritual milk. Now what if you just stay there and you don't move beyond that? Well, that's what the, the author of Hebrews is like addressing here. He's like, you should have, like, this, <laughs> this is the f- foundation of your faith. By now, you should be growing. You should have graduated from milk to, at the very least, Gerber's baby food, <laughs> right? Um, like, you should have graduated from that. And, and you, you know, now, now because you've been sucking on milk, you're malnourished, and you have become dull in hearing. You know what that means? It means, why well, I, I open my Bible and I just don't understand anything that I read. Or I, I, I came to church and I, I heard the pastor explaining a passage and, and I just found that very offensive. Like, you mean to tell me like marriage is between a man and a woman? That's offensive. I'm, I'm out of here. Dull in hearing. And what the, what the author of Hebrews is saying here, because some people think it's Paul, some people think it's maybe somebody else. I don't know. So I'll just call him the author of Hebrews. God knows. But um, he said, you need to be reintroduced to the gospel again. You should have been past milk by now. I mean, some of you should have been eating steak by now. And others of you should, be, should have been on the grill making steak for your family members. And so, spiritual milk is good for you. It is good for you. Um, but, it, it, you know, after a period of time, you should be eating solid food. And what the author of Hebrews is saying here, and this is what you need to hear, he's not saying do away with the milk. Like, there's an author, uh, a, a theologian, who said something in a book that I, just was so good for me to hear. He said, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. That's milk. We need that. We need to be reminded of the, of the gospel every day. That my righteousness is the righteousness that Christ, here's a theological word, imputed, gave to me. You know, it's, it's, I stand in his righteousness, and when God sees me, he sees the righteousness of his son. No matter how many times I've read my Bible, no matter how many times I've gone to church, um, my righteousness is perfect because Jesus stands before the Father and his righteousness is perfect. That's milk, by the way. All right? I need to hear that. I, I need that. I need to preach that to my own heart. I mean, how many of you need to preach the gospel to your own heart pretty frequently, right? <laughs> we sang a song last week, one of my favorite hymns, Prone to Wander. Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, right? And, and seal it, bind it like a fetter you know, to you. Like, like we need that. Um, and so 
So, you know, when we first became, if you're a Christian here, when you first became a Christian, you should have developed um, in a, a, a thirst for the milk of God's Word. Now, that could have come in the form of just reading the Bible, which definitely that needed to come in the form of that, but also preaching. You know, right after I became a Christian, um, I, the first book I ever read from, you know, beginning with the, like, I wouldn't recommend starting with Genesis. I mean, you might want to. If you're, new, if you're like, thinking about reading the Bible and you never read it before, you might want to start with Genesis. Somebody told me, you should start with Genesis. I said, okay. And <laughs> so uh, I was like a D student in high school. Um, so the Bible was the first book I read. And, uh, and, I, and some of it I had a hard time understanding. Um, I can remember passages that I read shortly after I became a Christian that made absolutely no sense to me, that make complete sense to me now. You know what that's some evidence of? Growth, right? Um, so I'm not saying that you... If you read a passage in the Bible and you don't understand it, you're dull in, dull in hearing. What I am saying is that as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, you ought to grow in your maturity level of what you're able to understand from what you read in the Bible, right? So, but Peter says this. I think I have the verse, yeah. So here's that other passage. We won't read the whole passage. We're going to kind of go back to 1 Peter next week. Um, but like newborn infants, let's read this together, this is good, ready? Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. How many of you believe that the Lord is good? <laughs> right? Yeah, he's good. I've said this over and over again. When you read the Bible, the Bible is not God's method to kill or wreck your joy. It is, his word is to maximize it. So when he says, you know what, um, God has decreed, he's ordained, he has set up the institution of marriage between a man and a woman, and that sex should be enjoyed in the context of marriage, God wasn't wrecking your joy, he's maximizing it. He's maximizing it. Or, you know, you shouldn't lie or cheat on your taxes. Yeah, he, he's not wrecking your joy, he's maximizing it. And so as you get into his word and you drink up his word, you will what? Grow. That's what happens with human beings, right? When, when Nathan was our oldest son, for those of you who don't know, they come to the second service. When, when Nathan was born, he was like this big. I was in seminary. Like he like would sleep on my chest while I was reading my seminary books for my class, I can't do that with him anymore. You want to know why? Because he's over 200 pounds. And it would be weird. It would be just as weird as me doing this every Sunday. All right? Walking around with a bottle, baby bottle. Um, and and, and so, so the word of God the, 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 is, is milk, but it is also meat. Um, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says something very similar to what we read in Hebrews chapter 5. He says this, uh, and the words are on the screen. He says, 
But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way, in a worldly way? I was hoping you would be eating meat by now. You're still drinking milk. And, um, and the evidence of that in verse 4 is some of you say, well, you know, I like, I like Apollos. I don't really care for Paul. I get more out of Apollos' preaching than I do Paul's preaching, so I'm identifying with him. And then other people are saying, no, no, Paul, I, I totally get Paul. Apollos, he tells a lot of stories, too many stories on Sunday morning. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hang out at the church that Paul's in uh, because I identify with Paul. And Paul says, you're still drinking milk. And guess what? It still happens today. I don't like Meadowbrook Church. The worship is not as cool as Cheyenne Hills. Now, by the way, I'm friends with Galen. I've been friends with Galen for 15 years, uh, or more than that, actually. So, or I don't like Cheyenne Hills. I'm going to Meadowbrook Church. Or I don't like this church, so I'm going to go over there. You know what ha- is happening in Cheyenne? And this is not me spanking you, by the way. This is, this is just, you know, this. Um, that's what's happening in Cheyenne. What's happening is, there's a shuffling of the deck among Christians and very little discipleship happening and very little evangelism happening. And so we show up on Sunday. Pastor, feed me. Um, here, I'll open my mouth for you. Um, and, and, and when we should take what is said on Sunday and just open up the scriptures and, and, and dive into it and, and enjoy the meal that's in our homes, 24-7. Which leads me to the, uh, the next point. Because like you keep drinking milk, what's going to happen? The baby will get sick. Um, the baby will become malnourished eventually, or the toddler. Like we need more than just milk. And so the next point is solid food will sustain you. Some of you are looking at this like, no, I, that's, uh, okay, for, the, for Cheyenne meat lovers, let's go to the, there we go, right? I mean, like, that's better. That's better. Except for if we go back, um, it's, you know, Brian, this is for you. Well, I don't know if there's chicken on there or not. Anyway, I'll let Brian tell you that story. All right, so go back to the steak. Most of us identify with steak, right? Uh, solid food will sustain you. Solid food is for the mature. That's what the author of Hebrews says. Solid food is for the mature. That doesn't mean you stop drinking milk. It just means that you, you need more than just milk. You need protein. You need, you need other things. I was, because um, it's been a while since we had a baby, right? Uh, our youngest is 11. He's going to be in seventh grade next, next year. And, uh, but I, I just was thinking, okay, so what does what uh, that process look like to um, graduating to, you know, to actual solid food? Um, so I found this. Uh, and yeah, I know, I recognize every child is different. Um, some of you got like super children, like, uh, we, we just gave our child steak right out of the womb and, and they're fine. But stage, (laughs) the first four to six months, um, well, 
for the first four months, and maybe even longer, the baby, your child is only drinking milk for the most part. And then somewhere between four to six months, you're introducing them to pureed fruits or you know, things that are easily digestible, like easy to digest. And then after that, you, you graduate them to the next stage, stage two, you know, somewhere between seven to eight months, um, strained food uh, combinations for new tastes and textures. And that's when the child, your baby is like, I don't want this anymore. Like, I, this is horrible. And you, they've got to get used to it. Why? Because their taste buds are super sensitive to everything. Like, and that's why when you taste baby food, you're like, this is horrible. This is like borderline abuse. Um, but for your baby, like, they could taste everything. So, and then uh, stage three, nine through 12 months, foods in small chunks that must be chewed. And then over 12 months, hopefully they're eating at the table with you, eating the, the, the food that you prepared you know, for the rest of the family. That's, the, that's what the, the author of Hebrews was thinking. He's like, I get it. Like, new believers, you're still drinking milk. I'm not, I'm not dissing you. Like, you're in that stage, and it's healthy for you. But for some of you that are like two years old in your faith, you shouldn't be here. You should be like past this point. And, uh, and so, um, you know, it, it, and if you're not, you're just going to get sick. And that's what's happening with, that's what happened with these Christians in, in, in the Hebrews is written to. He said, I got to stop what I'm saying and what I'm talking about. Like in verses, or in chapters four through the beginning of chapter five, he said, I got to stop and take a break here. I need to just call something out, the elephant in the room. The reason why some of you can't understand the priesthood of Christ, that his righteousness is your righteousness, is because you're still drinking milk and, you're, and, and you've been hanging out with the whole, you know, the bottle for so long that you're malnourished and you're not even hearing the fundamentals of the faith anymore. And so, um, you know, spiritual milk is the understanding that I'm a sinner. Spiritual meat is the understanding that Christ's righteousness is now not only my righteousness, but it is shaping the way I live my life today. So not only do I you know, embrace the gospel, and not only do I embrace the fact that there is no condemnation, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, for those who are in Christ Jesus, but as I read the scriptures, I understand that the commandments were not just for the Old Testament, they're for me. Christ fulfills the law, and he expects me to be holy as he is holy. So what does that look like on Monday? What does that look like Wednesday morning? What does that look like on you know, Saturday afternoon? That's the meat. That's, like, that's the, the, the word of God taking shape in your life, causing you to grow up in your faith, and, and then you begin to develop a, a, a sense of wisdom that is shaped from the scriptures, like I was talking about this last week, so that as you make the different decisions in your life, you're filtering them through the word of God. You're filtering them through you know, the character of God. And, and so that's, that's what's being addressed here. The, in verse 14 of chapter 5, it says, For solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You know, the more you spend time in this book, the more you're going to be able to recognize what is, what is bad and what is good. Like I said this before, the things that 
God hates, you're going to start to dislike. And the things that God loves, you will start to fall in love with, and you'll start to want for your own life. See the overlap from last week and this week? Um, you know, last week, if you weren't here, last week was, just check out the sermon online, but, you know, just follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Your, heart. your heart's deceitful. We talked about that last week. This week is, man, if you, if you want to grow in the faith, you, you, you need the Word of God. And not just that, you need each other. Like, we need each other. Later on in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 10, the author is going to say, I challenge these Christians, you know what? Some of you are in real danger, and here's why you're in real danger. You have... You have stopped coming to the assembly. You have stopped fellowshipping with other believers. You stopped showing up to church. And, and, and the point is, you can't do the Christian life alone. You know, to use the human metaphor again, there's a reason why when you're in prison, if you're really, really bad, they put you in solitary confinement. Because we were made for community. We were made, we were made to, the way God you know, made us in his image. We are made to do life, spiritual life, together. There is a supernatural element um, that, that, that you experience every Sunday that you gather together. When the word of God is proclaimed, God uses that through the power of his spirit. Some of you are like, well, I've never heard that before. It's true. There, like, some of you have said to me, you were just speaking just right to me. I'm like, I wasn't trying to. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what was going on in your life. Um, that's the Holy Spirit using His Word. Like we need each other, and not just Sunday. Like we have life groups because we think that the best way to do spiritual formation, that the best way to do discipleship, is is in a smaller group context where you trust the people you're with to be able for to have a relationship where they could speak into your life and you could speak into their life. But beyond that, you also need somebody in your life, one or two people, or you know, that that you that's walking with the Lord, that's spiritually mature, that you would call or look at as a mentor, who you really trust that person to really say the hard things to you and to and to also say the good things to you. We need that. But all of that, if the Word of God is not center in in all of that, then then you're missing out. It is the, the Word of God is the, is the pure spiritual milk of, God, of God's Word. It is also meat. It helps shape the, our thinking so that it will shape the way we live our lives. I mean, think about those words where he says, you know, so that you have your, you know, that solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You know, if an adult was living off, if he survived that long, or she survived that long, was living off milk all their lives, you know what's going ha- you know to be true of that person? They're probably not going to be able to walk. <clears throat> They're probably not going to be able to function very well, right? They're not going to be able to cross the street, <laughs> right? Um, but a, but a baby who's graduated from milk and will eventually learn to do what? Crawl and walk. Like, that's the part where you have to, like, put 
foam everywhere. <laughs> we, that's what we had. We, Seth was in a cage. Not really. Don't, like, I don't want to get in trouble. He was not in a cage, but we had a gate. <laughs> and it was a large gate, and we could, like, make it into a circle. So he had plenty of space to run around, and because uh, we had this fire mantle in Colorado, and this fireplace where it was brick, and that was, like, the edge of the brick, man. If, that, if, if he tripped and hit his head on that, it would be a trip to the hospital for sure. So we had foam on that. We had, you know how it is, <laughs> right? Um, but as that child gets older, that child's able to discern what is dangerous and what is not, right? As you train up that child, eventually you're going to have to teach your child how to cross the street. And what do you, you know, what do you tell them? You need to look what? Both ways. Just don't run across the street like Pastor Keith did when he was 16 and got hit by a car. Like, you, like you, ha- so you walk across the street. That happens as you grow in maturity. You know, and, and the author of Hebrews says, there's no reason why you Christians should not be able to cross the street uh, in your faith. In fact, you should be at the point where you're helping others cross the street. Like, there's no reason why you should be still drinking milk. Like, that's weird. You should at least be doing Gerber's little jar, puree. And, and, and for some of you, you're there, like, spiritually. You, you, you graduated from milk, and you're on the puree of God's Word, and there are, things, there are a lot of things in the Bible you're like, I'm not sure I completely understand. And that's fine, as long as you're growing in your faith as long as you're eating up his word. And then others of you are, you know, you're, you're soft foods now, right? You're, you're, you're learning different textures. You, I mean, maybe you could do mashed potatoes and, and, and uh, you know, tender chicken cut up into little cubes, right? Remember that? Or Cheerios. Um, like, you're, you're learning how to chew. You know, chewing takes work. It's work. And uh, you're learning how to chew, and others of you, you're eating steak. And I'm not talking about the kind of steak, Pastor, you need to talk more about the rapture. Or you need to, you need to preach on this. I'm talking like you're in the Word throughout the week. And God is speaking to you through His Word. Like you're eating steak. And others of you have been eating steak for quite some time. It's time to throw those bad boys on the grill. Cook up some steak for your family members. Open up the scriptures with your family in your home. Open up the scriptures with, with somebody else in the church or outside the church. Do breakfast with somebody. You know, uh, pick a got men, older men, find a younger man and start discipling and mentoring that guy. Go up to somebody. Find a person that kind of gravitates to you. Don't find somebody that you completely have nothing in common. I had that happen to me when I was a young adult and I was really nice. Uh, and I would say, okay, that sounds good. And it was very awkward. Like, just, just, you know, you ever been in a room or across the table with somebody that you have nothing in common with? <laughs> um, don't answer that. Some of you are like, yeah. Um, I came with that person. But um, I'm joking. I also offer counseling. But, uh, but find somebody that you can relate to or that person who gravitates to you and do life with that person. I have people in my life who I have intentionally singled out at, who I spend more time with than anybody else. And um, because discipleship is important. You know what happens when you disciple another person? You continue to grow in your faith. 
You know what happens when you don't disciple somebody? You stunt your growth. And so, um, I like totally was not following my notes. All right. But, um, so what does that lead to? You know, we've been looking at, in the sermon series, we've introduced you to a name of God. And today I'm not going to introduce you to a name of God, but a, a characteristic of God. And so if we can go to the next slide. I know I probably skipped a bunch of verses. but um, Not the next slide, I meant the, the last slide. Or second to the last, third to the last slide. There we go. Go to the one, yeah, there we go. God is enough. God is enough. Um, here's the thing as you develop in your relationship with the Lord what you will discover this is tasting and seeing that the Lord is good you will discover that God is enough he is enough Habakkuk chapter 3 this is where I get this from and there are there, you know, the you know, God being sovereign is, is referred to here. The God of our, of my salvation is used in this passage. But when I read these verses together, what this passage screams is God is enough. Let's read this together. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. And you don't need to say it to the choir master, so I, I, I included that. But um, what, what is it saying here? Even when I've lost everything, if I have Yahweh, if I have God, I haven't lost anything. And you know how you get to that point? You get to that point as you are tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. It is, like I can, um, I've used this illustration before. I love pizza. Uh, how many of you like pizza? Okay, most of you. So, uh, we'll pray for the rest of you. Like, come on, man. It's going to be in heaven. Um, but, but I love pizza. I grew up on the East Coast, so I like New York-style pizza, uh, Philadelphia-style pizza, pizza, Jersey-style. There's all kinds of styles, but um, I love pizza. If I brought pizza into this room, and I thought about bringing like, steak or something in here just to torture you like I did a couple weeks ago with a picture of hamburgers on there, but I didn't do that because I, I love you too much. But, but I, I can't make you develop an appetite for pizza. And I can open up the scriptures every Sunday with you. And I can't make you develop an appetite for the word of God. I can't make you taste and see that the Lord is good. All I can do is hold it in front of you and say, see, God is good. He is so good. Let me show you why he's good. But at the end of the day, you're the one who has to taste and see that he's good. And, and you know, just showing up on Sunday and, and being exposed to the Word of God is not enough. Like, you got to go home and, and, and feast on who God is if you're going to grow. My goal is, and my responsibility as your pastor, is to equip you to be able to do that. Not feed you a, bo a bottle every Sunday. To equip you to go 
and open up the scriptures for yourself to see that he is good. Because, brothers and sisters, he is good. He is good. And, and um, this God who, who is enough, I mean, that is so true. I could tell you. I've been walking with the Lord since I was just under 17 years old. I am now 47 years old. And I could tell you, he is good. He has not failed me. He has not turned his back on me. I've done those things. <laughs> I've learned that even when I'm faithless, he is faithful. He is so good. He is so good. And, um, and when we gather together, we gather primarily to celebrate the fact that God is good. And when we open up the scriptures together, it's kind of like me opening up the, you know, the portfolio and saying, look, look who God is. Look, look, what, he, look what he's done. Look how awesome he is. And, and, and my hope is that you go home like, yes. And not just open your Bible when you go home, but you go and you tell other people, he is good. This God that rescued me from my sin is good. I read a statistic today, and I'm going to close with this. Not today, this week I read a statistic that half of the 65% of people who claim to be Christian, or let me go even lower than that, half of those who attend church on Sunday don't even know what the Great Commission is. Now, some of you are like, what's the Great Commission? I don't, I'm afraid to ask now. No, it's okay. You're, still drinking, you're, you're probably still in that milk phase, and maybe, you haven't, maybe you've been in a church where you've not heard it. The Great Commission is Matthew chapter 28. We gave it the name the Great Commission in church history. But it's really a command that Jesus made. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I've commanded you. And guess what? You're not going to do it alone. I am with you to the end of the age. You know, if you're eating Gerber, spiritual baby food, if you're eating soft food, mashed potatoes and soft chicken cut up in cubes, or if you're eating steak, the reason why you are filling your body or your soul with food is so that you can do the mission he's called you to. To go. Not to sit on your butt, but to go. Not to warm a chair on Sunday morning, but to go. The mission is not how many people we can get to come to church on Sunday. The mission is how many people can we reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word. God, thank you for what you're doing in each of our lives, those watching the live stream and those in this room. You are molding and shaping your people. And for those in this room and maybe watching the live stream, maybe they've just been drinking from a bottle for way too long and have not graduated to, to eating the meat of your word, God, I just pray that you would just do a work right now in their hearts, that you will create in, the, in them a desire to, to graduate from milk, and that you would use Meadowbrook and, and you know, the elders here and the staff here to help, and, and those who are eating steak in this room, to help, to help them graduate from milk to Gerber baby food. God, that you will continue that work in such a way that they'll move on from Gerber baby food to chopped up soft carrots, which I think is disgusting, but, you know, but to just be able to eat, 
so that that way they can enjoy the, 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 the meal that's prepared at the table in the, in the home. To enjoy steak or to enjoy salad and those things that nurture us spiritually, the, 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 the meat of your word. God, I just pray for that, for all my brothers and sisters in this room and for those who are here who do not yet know you. God, I pray that they will just taste and see that the Lord is good, that they will see that you're good, and they'll do that by understanding that, that they are a sinner in such need of your grace and that you offer the forgiveness of sins for free because your son was sent by you to live the life that we could never live, to die on a cross for our sins, a death that we deserve, that he was buried, and on the third day he rose from the grave, and all who believe that, not just with their head, but with their heart, will be saved. But that, that if anybody in this room doesn't know you, that they would do that before they leave, that they would talk to you about that before they leave, and they will taste that you to see that you are good, and they will experience what your word says, that, is, that all who are in Christ are a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new is what you're doing in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, have a great rest of the week, and I'll see you, see you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Meadowbrook Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit meadowbrook.org.